You guys can go ahead and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1, please. So my name is Landon, or a lot of people call me LT. Either is fine. Um, I will answer to both and probably more if you call me whatever. Um, <laughs> but we've been going through 1 Timothy, as Corey said, and we're finishing chapter 1 tonight, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, just the, the few verses I'm looking at. Uh, verses 18 to 20, and when I first saw the, the verses that I'm going to be teaching on, I wasn't quite certain where to go with it, just because there's verses I had, I'd read before but never really looked into, and there's some, some different wording and, and stuff, so hopefully you guys will be able to learn with me tonight, and uh, we'll, we'll see where, what the Lord has for us. But what's neat about these verses uh, in, in the chapter is that they... It's the first time in, in, this, in the book that, that Paul specifically um, gives a charge to Timothy. And like it's, this, this is the reason that he, he wrote this, this book to Timothy, or this letter. And um, the other verses talk about like, some, some stuff that happened in the past, and what, like, some of Paul's testimony, and gives some information on the law. But this, verse 18, talks, talk, starts with a charge unto Timothy. And so I'm going to start reading and then we'll pray and, and see, see what happens from there. Um, so 1 Timothy 1, verse 18 to 20, it says, This charge I commit unto thee, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck, of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. All right, I'm going to pray. Uh, God, I thank you for tonight and for these verses and just what, what you've taught me through them. Um, I pray that you would uh, remove me out of the way and that, uh, that your name would be glorified and that, that this would be true and, and that you would get the praise from it. Lord, I pray that we'd each be challenged um, with the, the conclusion of this chapter and, and, um, and just apply whatever we learn to our life. God, I love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So verse 18, it gives us kind of a, it's going to give us a relaxed start to, to where we're going to end up. Not that it's going to be super heavy or anything, but uh, it's gonna, it's, we're going to focus more on chapter ni- er, on verse 19 tonight. Um, but verse 18 says, it, it's a charge committed unto t- Timothy. And Timothy was a, a pastor of these, these churches. Um, of, I'm not sure exactly which specific church, actually, but he was a leader, and he had, he had a great authority in the area, as you'll see um, if you continue to read in the, the verses. Paul is telling him um, some uh, just details of, of what a bishop should be and, and also how to instruct his, his, the people that he's over. And um, so that, that's kind of what, the, according to the prophecies which went before on the talks about, um, a good cross-reference for that is 1 Timothy 4.14, uh, where Paul says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on the, on of the hands of the presbytery. So the laying on, of the, on the hands of the presbytery is just, is, I mean, it's something that we still do today when we're ordaining the leader um, or a pastor of a church. We, the, the pastors will lay hands on them, and um, that's, that's just, it's, I guess, a sign of, of giving them authority um, through, the, through the Holy Spirit. And uh, so, so Timothy was a pastor, and so this charge was specifically to Timothy, a pastor, but it doesn't mean it, it doesn't r- apply to us. Like, we can still get a lot from it, especially um, 
with our, if, if we desire to, to be a leader one day in a different area or, or be a discipler or to encourage people to grow in their faith. Um, so as we continue in the, in the verse, verse 18, um, the charge that is committed unto Timothy is at the end of verse 18, and it's to war a good warfare. So this is serious stuff. This is, this is a, something that is not to be taken lightly. It's going to take great effort to war a good warfare. And uh, what, what is the warfare, though, that, that Paul is charging Timothy? Well, if we keep reading, um, there's a semicolon at the end of, of the warfare, and then it says, holding faith and a good conscience. And then it goes on to, to talk about some things that will happen if you don't do this. So the, the specific charge, um, other than war, good warfare, more specifically, where Timothy was to hold faith and a good conscience. Um, and then if we don't do this, then we'll see that, that it can lead to shipwreck, it can lead to um, being delivered unto Satan, and it can le- lead to blasphemy, um, which are, none of those are, are good things that I think any of us, uh, any of us want. Um, so part of war and a good warfare is equipping ourselves with the armor of God. As, as Ephesians 6 talks about, um, it, it gives a few different, um, a few different articles, uh, like the helmet of salvation, uh, the, the shoes, gospel shoes of peace, the belt of truth. Um, but it says above all these things, it says take the shield of faith. So faith is a, a big part of, of, uh, of war and a good warfare. And that is our first point. We're, we're to have or hold faith. What is faith, though? Well, good question. Um, God answers this, uh, which, is, which is really awesome. And faith is what establishes our hope and our salvation. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 is the definition of faith. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then uh, Romans 8.24 says, we are saved by hope. But hope that is not seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? So this just kind of talks about like what, what faith is and um, why we need it. But what is our faith in? What specifically uh, is, is this faith referring to? We talk about have faith a lot, like have faith. Like, but what is our faith in? Um, and and that's, that's a good question also. And, and um, our faith is to be in Jesus and Jesus alone, and the cross, um, and his blood, this is what saves us. And honestly, this kind of tripped me up a little bit this summer when I was asked about um, salvation and, and the gospel uh, when I was at church camp. Um, just a couple of kids, like for the first time in my life, people came to me like really interested in wanting to know like what, what, what is the gospel? How, how, are you, how do you get saved? And so when you're thrown into that, um, when you're asked that for the first time, it's easy to like, like, okay, I've, I've been training my whole life for this. And you're thinking, like, all these different verses, Romans Road, like, all this other stuff. But, like, what, what do you tell them? Um, so this was something that, like, I kind of, like, at the end, I'm like, okay, did, did, did I say the right things? Like, was, was, was I, did I clearly tell them the gospel? Because if not, then I'm making their faith in something that, that isn't true, and then they're going to go maybe the rest of their lives thinking that, that they're saved when I told them something that they shouldn't have told but the, the focus is is Jesus and, and the resurrection and um, it's easy to, to think about all the different things we could tell them but in that instance um, the gospel is simple and and we need to place our faith in what Jesus Christ did to be saved 
And uh, a lot of all the doctrines or teachings, they, they just can wait until this foundational truth is established in, in somebody's life. Uh, Romans 3, 22 to 25 gives a, a pretty good summary of this. And it says, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So that's the bad news that we often talk about. But it says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in, Je- in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. And so the, the, the key is that, that last verse, um, that, that God sent Jesus to be the propitiation or payment through faith in his blood. So faith in, in the blood of Christ is what saves us. And that, that gets rid of the, the sins that are in our past. And that, that's the payment for them. Um, so our, our point, was, though, was, was having or holding faith. So why those two words? Well, holding was in there, so I, I thought I'd use that. But um, also, having is also important because it, it was cool to see how holding was translated elsewhere. Like the, the Greek word for holding is, is translated as having or to have elsewhere. So I think this is a, a good, this helps establish a need now and forever, like until the end of our life for faith, because we need to have faith now in, in Christ, but we, we also need to hold on to it. We need to um, just, just, I think holding is, is more of a long-term thing. Like you can have faith now, but to have it for the rest of your life, that, I think that's more like a holding, holding thing. And so the goal is, is to be able to say, as, as Paul said, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. This should be the goal for each of us. And so the, the goal is to finish your course. And, and your course is, is fighting a good fight and, and keeping the faith. And we want to do this throughout our life and, and not give up. Um, Paul tells Timothy of some of the dangers of losing faith early um, throughout the books of First and Second Timothy. Uh, and it was cool to see how this, this theme was kind of coming up like about people departing from the faith. Like that, that's not a cool thing, but we see like people doing this, like it, it's a reality and also the, the reasoning for this. So we're not going to go into all the verses, but um, just some different verses that I think are on your sheet talk about people departing from the faith, erring from the faith, having their faith o- overthrown, not enduring sound doctrine. And then it also gives some reasons for this. And it talks about how they, they gave heed to seducing spirits. Um, they, some of them, the love of money tripped them up. Um, vain babblings, or just vain talking. Science, falsely so-called. And then also having itching ears. So, like, so wanting something other than the truth. And uh, these are, this is quite evident today also, unfortunately. Uh, and as you look at other churches, and, and not to bash other churches, and, but like I- any believer can can come to this um, if if they don't every day um, make their decide to to hold on to the faith that that brought them their salvation. So I had a thought while preparing this message, and uh, the thought was that believers of all different walks um, since the beginning of 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 our salva- of salvation have and still walk away from the Lord. And this is a, a sobering thought because it can happen to any one of us. So this applies to me, and this applies to each of you. Um, so some of the bel- those believers that walk away, you never really notice. Maybe they weren't really engaged, uh, they were newer in their faith, and, and they were never really able to overcome or, or to start those, those habits of getting in God's word. 
Um, but for whatever, for whatever reason, they decide not to, not to keep going, not to take that next step. So there's some, some that are in that, at, that category, but others, they, when they leave, they really rock the boat. Uh, when they leave, they make noise in doing so. Maybe, maybe they're a, a, a pastor or somebody that, that has a lot of authority or influence in, in a church, and their shipwreck um, does a lot more damage. And I bring this up for, for two different reasons. One is to just consider, like, who, who is our faith in? Is our faith in Christ, or is it in some man that we're, we're following what they say? Like, we, we believe this because this person's really passionate, and I like this person, so I'm going to believe what they believe. But when they go down, like, I'm going down with them. Um, so people are going to let you down, and, and personally, I don't have a, a really serious example of this in my life. I've, I've seen it happen, like, even, even in our church. Um, and I know some of you guys have, have stories about this as well, um, of, of just people, people walking away and then a bunch of people follow them. Like, what's the reason for that? Um, so if, if that's the case, then, then maybe your faith wasn't in, the, wisdom, in the, the power of God, but maybe it was in the wisdom of man, as, as 1 Corinthians 2.5 talks about. It says our faith needs to be in the power of God and not in the wisdom of man. Um, so this is something to consider, like, are you, are you, is your faith, is it you and God, or is it you, God, and somebody else? And, and those other people are, are good to have to encourage us, but at the end of the day, it, it's got to be us pursuing the Lord. Um, so the second reason is, is for those of us who, who want to be or, or are leaders, and um, it, it's, it's, it's serious because we want um, or as somebody that has that influence, you have great responsibility over those people as well. And um, you're, you're an example, and you need to be encouraging them to, to walk with the Lord and to make their faith their own um, so that, th- that when people walk away, that, that they'll continue to, to pursue, pursue him. Um, Hymenaeus was, was said in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, um, verse 18, it says, Who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. So his, his, his error um, brought other people down with him. And then Alexander, the other person mentioned in this chapter, was in 2 Timothy 4.14 and 15. It says uh, that he just greatly withstood the words of, of, of Paul. Um, so they, they blasphemed. And blasphemy is something that we often think about as like using the Lord's name in vain. But blasphemy simply means to speak against. Theme means to speak, and blast means against. So to speak against. So these guys are speaking against Paul and the truth that, that God had given them. Um, so they were speaking essentially against the word of God, and uh, that's not a good thing. So we avoid this by being diligent. Uh, diligence is the solution. And it's cool because I got to teach on diligence a couple weeks ago at, at uh, an extreme and uh, there's, there's a lot of cool things that go with diligence, but that's not for today. But a little bit of it is for today, and that's Second Peter 1, 5 through 10. And it says, Beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he hath purged from his old sins. And, and then get this. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. 
So if you're diligent to add to your faith virtue and, and to virtue knowledge, and so we're, we're continuing to build off of, of, of our faith, and this, this is like kind of a, a walk in spiritual maturity, and a little plug for MTT, there's a whole class on this in, in there um, that will help you understand this, but we're supposed to add these things, and, and if we do these things and we give diligence to them, it says that we'll never fall. So the, the Hymenaeus and Alexanders of the world um, who, who blasphemed, like if, if we're diligent to, to, to become more spiritually mature, then we're not going to fall into this. Um, so this kind of leads into our, our, our second and shorter point, and that's keeping a good conscience. So I like to think of, of having a good conscience uh, as bridging the gap between our faith and our actions. Uh, to, to, have a first con- to have a good conscience, though, you must first have faith. First uh, Timothy 3.9 says, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. So faith is the, the root of, of having a good conscience. Um, so a good conscience starts with knowing what is true, but it continues with li- living out the truth that we've been given. First Peter 3.15-16 says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready to always give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. So it, this, this, these verses talk about um, setting the Lord in, apart in your hearts, and, and you're, you're ready always to give an answer to any man that asks you a reason of the hope. So that there's um, examples I used earlier about me at church camp. If, if I'm setting the Lord, um, I'm, if I'm making the Lord sanctified or, or set apart in my life and, and making him my focus, then I'm going to be ready to give an answer to every man. If, if I'm continually dwelling on, on, on faith and, and what Christ did for us, then I'm going to be ready when, when that opportunity arises to share the gospel and, and to make it clear, hopefully, um, to whoever I'm, I'm talking to. And then it, it talks about uh, that, that even those who, who try to accuse your com- good conversation, they can't do it. Um, a conversation is just kind of like a walk in this world. And a, a good example of this is, is Daniel in the Old Testament. And um, backtrack a little bit. I think a, a good conscience should lead us to, to blamelessness. And uh, th- this should be in our conversation w- in Christ. So uh, like I was saying, uh, a good example of this is Daniel. And I love, I love the example of Daniel. Uh, he was, well, anyways. Uh, Daniel was a was high in authority. He was not far below the king in, in their, his time, even though he was um, a Jew and, and this was in Babylon, so he was a foreigner. Um, but because of his faithfulness to the Lord, he ended up continuing to get promoted and, until he was just, just right below the king. And this made the, the presidents and princes of that time pretty upset because, well, they were above him, I guess. Um, and Daniel 6, 4, and 5 says, Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So they were trying everything. They were trying to figure out, like, just anything that they could find against him that he was, he was screwing up. Um, to, to bring that uh, accusation before the king and say, like, hey, look, this guy's doing this. He shouldn't be in this position. But they couldn't find it. And the only thing that they found was that he loved the Lord. And that ended up putting him in, a, in the lion's den, but um, praise God that he 
that God was faithful through it, and he delivered him out of it. Um, so I think Daniel's a really cool example of this, and we should strive to have that blamelessness in ourselves that where even if people tried to find accusation against us, they couldn't. Um, so we should be able to rejoice in our conscience. Second Corinthians one um, twelve says, Our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you, Lord. So it's not about us. It's about God's grace and, and how he's allowed us um, to have that conversation by, by pursuing him. Um, so in, in closing, uh, we're going to look at Colossians 1, 21 to 23. And uh, this was actually a verse that, that Troy um, had in his message on, on Sunday, and it was really good. And, but I, I mean, I, I had it as well, so I didn't steal it from him necessarily. <laughs> it's all in the Bible, so I guess we're all stealing from the Lord. Uh, but anyways, the verse says, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, Yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. And, but there's a, there's a catch, and, and this is a catch. It says, if ye continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. So it, it's a cool verse. So it talks about where we were, how we were alienated, um, but, he's, but we're reconciled to to become holy and unblameable and unreprovable, but that's only if we continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Um, So this is what we we need to be doing, and uh, so I I threw those last couple verses at you in that last point kind of quick, but a couple questions for you guys to consider is, is is my faith my own? and how am, I, how am I growing this to hold it to the end of my life? Like, what, what are you doing? Um, it's good to come to church, and, and Corey and, was, and I were talking, and um, our, so, um, we have different defaults, and, and some of us, our default is just to, just to attend church. Like, it, it'd be crazy, it'd be really strange if we, if we missed a Sunday, but it's not good enough just to come to church. Like, we need to be um, daily pursuing the Lord um, and, and not letting that, that faith grow slack by, by just becoming lazy or, or just complacent with, with where we're at. Um, so is my faith my own? Or, or do I even have the faith that we talked about today? Like the, that stuff about the, the blood of Christ and stuff like that. Like ha- have I applied that blood to my life to save me? That's a, that's a good question as well. That kind of comes first, but um, we're kind of more focused on, on people that already have faith today. Um, and then lastly, is my life portraying the faith that I have in, in Christ and in his word by, by learning and obeying? So am I, do I have a good conscience? You can ask that for yourself. Like, is, is your conscience um, clean or, or, or pure um, knowing that, that you're, you're, you're holding on to the faith and you're, um, you're sharing that with others? So the end goal um, is to be able to, for the Lord to say, well done to us. And um, the only way to have that said of us is, is to hold on to the faith. So may we all be able to say, like Paul, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. Um, should I pray? Okay, I'm gonna pray, <laughs> and then uh, we'll see what's next. Uh, God, thank you for tonight, and just for teaching me, Lord, that, that all, all, all your scripture is given, um, and is profitable for us. And um, Lord, I pray that, that we would hold on to the faith unto the end. Lord, it's easy now, or it, it, sometimes it's easy, it seems easy now, and like we would never really stray. But Lord, it just it, it 
starts with daily decisions of, of, of disobedience to, to walk that way. And I pray that we'd be obedient every day and, and want to follow you. Um, Lord, help us to apply what we've learned and, and just learn in chapter one. And I pray that um, you'd be glorified as, as we strive to hold the faith. Lord, it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.